Welcome to this Ubula Audio production of The Boxcar Children by Gertrude Chandler Warner. Volume 2 Chapter 6 A Queer Noise in the Night At last it was dinner time and the children sat down to see what Henry had in his bundles. I bought another loaf of bread at the store, said Henry, and some more milk and then I bought some dried meat because we could eat it in our hands, and I bought a bone for Watch. Watch looked hungrily at the bone and lay down at once to eat it. Jessie got out four cups and bowls and put some milk into each. Then the children put in little pieces of brown bread and began to eat it with their new spoons. What fun, cried Jessie. Eating with spoons? Now tell us what you did in town, Henry. Henry began. Well, the town below is called Silver City. I saw the name on a sign when I went in. I went into town and walked along the first street I came to. It was a nice street with big houses and flowers and trees, and I saw a man cutting his grass. He's a good man, too. I can tell you that. He's a doctor. Did you work for him? asked Jessie. Yes. He was very hot, and just as I came to the house, his bell rang. He started to the house, and I called after him and asked him if I could cut his grass, and he said, yes, yes, I wish you would. You see, he wasn't used to cutting it himself. So I cut the grass, and he said, good for you. Do you want to work every day? And he said he had never had a boy who cut grass so well as I did. Oh, Henry, cried Violet and Jesse together. I told him I did want to work, and he told me to come back this afternoon. He has a pretty house and a garage, and a big vegetable garden. And then he has a lot of cherry trees behind the house, a whole cherry orchard. You should see the beautiful big red cherries. Then, when I was cutting the grass near the kitchen, the cook came to the kitchen door and watched me. She asked me if I liked cookies, and I said of course I did, and she gave me one. What'd you do with it? asked Benny hungrily. When she went back into the kitchen, I put it in my pocket, said Henry laughing. Did she see you? cried Jessie. Oh no, I played that I was eating it. For a long time, I carefully ate away at nothing at all. Benny began to look at Henry's pocket. It did look very funny. Henry went on. When I came home, the doctor gave me a dollar, and the cook gave me this bag. Henry laughed at Benny and pulled the bag out of his pocket. In it were ten delicious brown cookies. Oh my! cried Benny. Please, Jessie, let's have cookies for dinner. Yes, indeed, said Jessie. Then Henry opened his last bundle. I thought we ought to have a tablecloth, he said. So I got one at the store, but it's not hemmed. Violet begged. Oh, let me hem it. She took her scissors out of her work bag and cut the two ends even. But before she began to hem the pretty blue tablecloth, She helped Jessie wash and rinse the dishes and put them away. Benny helped, too. When Henry said goodbye and went back to town, all the children were working happily. Watch was trying to make a hole with one paw to bury his bone in. I'll help you bury your bone, Watch, said Benny. Oh, no, Benny, said Jessie. Watch wants to bury his bone himself. You come and help me. I'm going to make a broom for the house. For a while, Benny ran around finding sticks for the broom. 
but soon he went to sleep on the ground with the dog for a pillow. The two girls sat by the brook. Violet was hemming the blue tablecloth, and Jesse was making the broom with a long stick for a handle. When Henry came back at supper time, the broom with its long handle stood in the kitchen, and the new tablecloth was hemmed. Henry admired the broom and the tablecloth, and then gave Jesse a small bundle. Oh, butter! cried Jessie, her eyes shining. It was butter, yellow and sweet. The four children had not had any butter for days. At last they sat down to their fine supper. Now this spoon is a magic spoon, said Henry. Turn it around and use the handle, and it's a knife. He showed Benny how to put the butter on the brown bread with his magic knife. With dried meat, bread, and butter, milk, and cookies, the children could not ask for a better supper. What did you do this afternoon, Henry? asked Jessie. Well, I washed the doctor's car, then I washed the walks and the windows, and tomorrow I'm going to work in the garden. Then he looked at the brook. Oh, how I would love to have a swim in that nice cold water. Henry was hot and sticky as he looked at the waterfall. Maybe we could make a swimming pool. We could build a dam out of logs, he said. Oh, yes, we could, said Jessie. Violet and I know where to find some logs and some nice big flat stones. You do, said Henry. Yes, they're not far away, and just a little way below here is a pool now, with sand all around it. It's just not big enough to swim in, said Jessie. Is that so? cried Henry. Some day I'll stay at home, and I'll try to dam up that brook and make a swimming pool. You can have my wheels, said Benny. Good, replied Henry. I'll make you a little cart with wheels, Benny, and you can carry stones in it. Yes, I will. Come on now, we have to go to bed, said Jessie. The children were all glad to go to bed. They stood on the stump and climbed into their new house, and they all went to sleep at Henry. He was thinking about the new swimming pool. All at once he saw that Watch was not asleep. Henry patted the dog and said, Lie down, Watch. But Watch did not lie down. He began to growl softly. Shh, said Henry to the dog. He sat up. Jessie sat up. What is it, Henry? She whispered. I don't know, replied Henry. He was frightened now. I think Watch hears something in the woods. Let's close the door, said Jessie. I'm afraid. The two children closed the heavy door softly. Then they sat still and listened, but they did not hear anything. Lie down, Watch, said Jessie again. Go to sleep. But Watch did not go to sleep. He growled again. Maybe someone is in the woods. Maybe someone wants to hide in this car, whispered Jessie. Maybe there's something out there that the dog just doesn't like, said Henry. Then they heard a stick crack and Watch barked. Oh, shh! Jessie put her hand over his mouth. If there is someone out there in the woods, he knows there's a dog in this box car, said Henry. He took the new broom in his hand and waited. But nothing came. Nothing at all. 
The two children waited and waited. Violet and Benny slept through it all. I'm going to go open the door now, said Henry. They opened the door softly and listened. The dog sniffed a little, then he turned around three times and lay down. He put his head on his paws. It must be all right now, said Henry. Watch, Nose. Maybe it was just a rabbit. So at last they all went to sleep and slept until morning. Chapter 7 A Big Meal from Little Onions The next morning Jesse and Henry talked about the queer noise. They did not tell Violet and Benny. What did you think it was? asked Jesse. Do you think it was a rabbit? I don't know, said Henry. But I think someone was in the woods. I'm glad we weren't hurt. Somebody must have stepped on a stick and made it crack. Well, what are we going to do? Nothing. Watch is a good watchdog, said Henry. He loves us now, and if anybody tried to hurt us, Watch would take care of us. He would do more than growl. But after this, we must not let Benny go into the woods alone. I'll keep Benny and Violet with me all the time, said Jesse. Good, and keep watch with you all the time, too. Good morning, Benny. Time to get up. Today you have to build something for me out of stones. What is it? asked Benny eagerly. I'm not going to tell you, said Henry, laughing. You build it just like Jesse tells you, and you will see. Henry was so eager to begin work that he ran all the way to town. The doctor came to the door, smiling, looked him over from head to foot. My mother will tell you what to do today, the doctor said. She wants you to work in her garden. Mrs. Moore, the doctor's mother, had a sweet face and looked very kind. Good morning, Henry, she said. Do you know how to thin out vegetables? Oh, yes. I like to work in a vegetable garden. I haven't had much time to take care of my garden, Mrs. Moore said. There, see that? She pulled out a carrot. It had to come out, for it was too near the other carrots. Yeah, I see, said Henry. He began to thin out the carrots. Mrs. Moore watched him as he pulled out some of the little carrots and put them in a pile. He left the other carrots to grow. Then he began on the turnips. You are a good worker, said Mrs. Moore. I can see that. She smiled at Henry. You may thin out all of these vegetables. Then she went into the house and left Henry alone. He worked all the morning. He thinned out the carrots, the turnips, and the little onions. The mill bells rang at noon, but Henry did not hear them. He still worked out in the hot sun. Then he saw Mrs. Moore looking at him. You've worked long enough now. You may come again this afternoon, she said. What shall I do with the vegetables I pulled up? Henry asked. Oh, I don't want them. Just leave them in a pile. Do you mind if I take them? No, indeed. Do you have chickens? Then, without waiting for an answer, she went right on. You've done good work. Here's a dollar. Henry said thank you and was glad he did not have to answer about the chickens. When Mrs. Moore went into the house, he took some of the little carrots and turnips and onions. 
If he had looked up, he would have seen Mrs. Moore in the window, watching him. But he did not look up. He was too eager to get to the store and order some meat. When he arrived at the boxcar, Benny told him, The building is done. I helped with it. The building was a fireplace made of flat stones. Benny did a lot of the work, said Jesse. He carried stones and found wood for the fire. The fireplace was a very good one. The children and watch had made a hole at the foot of a big rock between two trees. Flat stones were laid on the floor of this hole, and around the sides more big stones were put up to keep out the wind. Jesse had found a heavy wire in the dump and had put the big kettle on it and tied the ends of the wire to the two trees. The kettle hung over the fireplace, and the fire was laid. Beside the fireplace was a big wood pile. It looks great, cried Henry. You have done well. Now see what I have. The girls were delighted with the meat and little vegetables. With Henry's knife, they cut the meat into little pieces. Then they filled the kettle with water from the fountain and put the meat into it, with a tin plate for a cover. Henry started the fire, and it burned well at once. Jesse cut the tops off the vegetables and washed them in the brook. I'll put them in after the meat has cooked a while, she said. Soon the water began to boil merrily, and the stew began to smell good. Wash sat down and looked at it. He sniffed hungrily at it and barked and barked. The children sat around the fireplace, eating bread and milk. Now and then, Jesse stirred the stew with a big spoon. That's going to make a good meal, said Henry. Keep it boiling and don't leave it. When I come home tonight, I'll bring you some salt. And whatever you do, don't get on fire. Violet pointed to the pitcher and teapot she had filled with water. That's to put on Benny or watch if he should get on fire, she said. Henry laughed and went happily on his way. He wished he could stay and smell the stew boiling, but he thought he ought to work. So he went back to Dr. Moore's house. He was very happy when Dr. Moore said, Do you want to clean up this garage? The garage was not in very good order. Dr. Moore laughed when he saw Henry look around for a broom. I've got to go out now. Just clean this place up, said Dr. Moore. Henry began at once. First, he opened all the boxes. On the biggest box, he painted the word tools with a long-handled brush and a can of paint he had found. On another box, he painted nails. Then he picked over the things and put the tools in the toolbox and the nails in the nail box. This was fun for Henry because he liked to get things in order. Henry found a lot of nails that were bent and covered with rust. He put them in his pocket. I'll ask the doctor for these bent nails, he said to himself. They're not really any good to him, but they're fine for me. I can use every old nail I get. Then he washed the floor and washed his paintbrush. When Dr. Moore came home, he found Henry putting brushes, paint cans, and other things on the shelf. Oh, my, he cried. He looked at the garage and laughed and laughed. He laughed until his mother came out to see what he was laughing at. Look, mother, 
he said. Look at those tools. Look at that shelf. Look at the hammers. One, two, three, four hammers. Your hammer, my hammer, and two other hammers. We were all lost. Can you use a hammer, Henry? Yes, I can indeed, cried Henry. Well, take one. You found them all, said Dr. Moore. Thank you, said Henry. He showed the doctor the bent nails and was told he could have those too. He could hardly wait now to start home because he was so eager to show Benny and his sisters his new hammer and nails. Tomorrow will be Sunday, said Dr. Moore. Will you come again the next day? Oh, yes, replied Henry, who had lost all track of the days. The cherries must be picked, said the doctor. He looked at Henry in a queer way and continued. We could use any number of cherry pickers if they were all as careful as you. Could you? Well, I'll come then, said Henry eagerly. So the three said goodbye, and Henry started for home. He had another dollar, a pocket full of old nails, a hammer, and the pile of vegetables he had left at noon. On the way home, he bought some salt. When he arrived at the boxcar, he began to smell a delicious smell. Onions, he shouted, running up to the kettle. I do like the smell of onions. I like the turnips best, said Violet. Jesse took off the cover carefully and stirred in the salt. Henry sniffed the brown stew. It was boiling and boiling. A ladle? You found a ladle? cried Henry. Where did you get that from? I found a tin cup in the dump, said Jesse. We used a long stick for a handle, tied it to the cup with a piece of wire. It makes a fine ladle. She ladled out the stew into plates and bowls and put a spoon into each. I'm so hungry, said Benny excitedly. I have to eat my supper. The meat was well cooked and the vegetables were delicious. Violet passed her plate for more turnips. I'd like some more onions, said Henry. All the children ate until they could eat no more. That was the best meal I have ever eaten, said Jessie. Me too, said Violet. I have time tonight to make Benny's cart, remarked Henry. We'll want a cart. Will you make it with my wheels? asked Benny. Yes, with your wheels, answered Henry. But you must cart stones in it when I get it done. I will, said Benny. I'll cart stones or rocks or anything. Tomorrow will be Sunday and I can stay home, Henry went on. You think it's all right, Jesse, to build the dam for a swimming pool on a Sunday? Yes, I do, said Jesse. We're making the swimming pool so that we can keep clean. Henry began to happily hammer out the bent nails with his new hammer. Soon he had some good nails. You and I will go find some boards, Benny, he said. Come on. Soon the boys came back with some boards from the dump. Henry sat down and began to make the cart. He couldn't see very well because it was getting dark and there was no moon. But eventually the cart was done, and he gave it to Benny. Thank you said Benny politely. After his sisters admired the cart, Benny pulled it all around just for fun. Then Henry put it in the boxcar for the night.
Henry said to Jessie, I hope we don't hear that queer noise again tonight. I hope so, too, said Jessie. Then she laughed. Look at Benny. He's gone to sleep with his hand on his cart. Henry laughed, too, but he laughed at himself, because he was going to sleep with his new hammer under his pillow. Chapter 8 A Swimming Pool at Last The boxcar children were so tired they slept until ten o'clock Sunday morning. When they awoke at last, they hurried through breakfast and went to work on the swimming pool. We'll make a dam across the brook, said Henry. Here's my cart. I'll cart stones and logs in it, said Benny. Good for you, laughed Henry. First, the four children went down to the brook to look at the pool Jesse had seen. The water was quiet here, and there was clean sand all around the little pool. It's big enough for a swimming pool, Henry remarked, but I don't think it's deep enough. He put a long stick in it to see how deep it was. When he looked at the wet stick, he found that the water was only about a foot deep. A swimming pool has to be at least three times as deep as that. Then it'll be deep enough to swim in, and won't be too deep for Benny. We'll build the dam here with logs and stones. While the other children started the dam, Jesse washed all their stockings. We're not going to want our stockings on while we're working in the brook, she remarked as she rinsed them and hung them on a clothesline to dry. So this is a good time to wash them. It was hard work building the dam, but the children liked hard work. Henry and Jesse pulled the logs to the brook, and Violet and Benny carried the stones with the help of the cart. Now and then Henry was called on to help with a heavy stone, but the two younger children carried most of them. Splash the stones right into the water, Henry told them, but be careful to keep them in a line between those two trees. The children watched with delighted eyes as the wall of stones under the water began to grow higher and higher. The rock wall will hold the logs in place, said Henry. At last it was time to lay the logs across the brook. Let's lay the first ones between these two trees, said Jesse. Then the trees will hold both ends of the logs. Good idea, cried Henry, much pleased. That's just what we'll do. But when the first big log was splashed into place on top of the stone wall, the water began to run over the top of the log and around both ends. Oh, dear, cried Jesse. The water runs around the ends every time. What are we going to do? We'll have to put lots of logs on and brush between them, said Henry. We'll put on so many that the water can't get through. They laid three logs across with three more on top of them and three more on top of those. Violet filled her arms with brush and held it in place until each log was laid. Benny filled the holes at the ends of the logs with flat stones. Such wet children never were seen before, but the hot sun would dry them off and nobody cared. When the last three top logs were laid in place at last, the four tired children sat down to watch the pool fill. But Henry could not sit still as the water came higher and higher up the dam. See how deep our pool is getting? See how still it is? 
At last the pool was full, and the water came over the top of the dam and made another waterfall. Just like a mill dam! Now the pool is deep enough for all of us to swim in, said Henry. You boys can have the first swim, said Jessie. We girls must go and get dinner. We'll ring the bell when we're ready. The boys splashed around in the pool while the girls made a fire and hung the kettle of brown stew over it, stirring it now and then. Violet cut bread, then got the butter, hard and cold, out of their refrigerator. When everything was ready, Jessie rang the dinner bell. This bell was only a tin can from the dump. Jessie had hung it on a tree with a string, and she rang it with a spoon. Then she got the ladle and began ladling out the stew. That's the dinner bell, said Benny. I know it is. Come on, Watch. Don't you want some dinner? Watch had had a swim, too. He came out of the water and shook himself. The two boys put on their dry clothes and went to Sunday dinner. I like the stew even better today than yesterday said Henry, eating hungrily. That's because we work so hard, remarked Jessie. Let's go for a walk in the woods this afternoon. Oh, my, yes, let's, cried Violet. Let's go exploring again. The children washed the dishes and then started on their walk. As they went along, Watch began to bark. At first, the explorers were frightened. Oh, my, what is it? cried Violet. Maybe it's a rabbit, said Henry. Then they saw a hen running away through the woods. Watch ran after her, but Henry called him back. Don't run after that poor hen, he said. The hen had a nest, remarked Benny. What? asked Jessie. She had some eggs in it, said Benny. Come here and see. Jessie poked on the ground where Benny was pointing and saw a nest with five eggs in it. A runaway hen, said Jessie. She wanted to hide her nest so she could have some chickens. Well, we'll have the eggs for supper. I know how to cook eggs. The eggs made a delicious supper. Jessie put them in a bowl and a little salt, and Violet took a spoon and stirred them as hard as she could. Put in some milk, Violet, said Jessie, and stir them some more. Henry started up the fire. The big kettle was hung over the fire, and Jessie put in some butter. She washed the butter until it was nice and brown. Then she put in the eggs. Sit down, she said. Be all ready to eat when the eggs are done. Violet put the blue tablecloth on the ground. She got the bread and butter and plates and spoons, and the children all sat ready for supper. Here I come! cried Jessie. Hold out your plates. Oh, Jessie, cried Benny. This is the best meal I've ever eaten. I found the eggs and you cooked them. Yes, you did, Benny, said Henry. Thank you for a fine meal. Tomorrow we'll have to eat bread and milk, said Jessie. But when tomorrow came, the children had more than bread and milk, as you will soon see. Chapter 9. Fun in the Cherry Orchard The next morning, Henry thought and thought about taking the other children to pick cherries with him. 
At last he told his sisters about it as they ate bread and milk for breakfast. Dr. Moore said he wanted more children to help. Do you think all of us ought to go, Jessie? Well, I don't know. You see, there are four of us. If Grandfather is looking for us, it will be easier to see four than one. Yeah, that's true, answered Henry. But we can go down the hill and through the streets two by two. I'll take Benny, and then in a little while, you and Violet can come with Watch. Good, said Jessie. Watch can tell us where you've gone. The children took down the clothesline and shut the door of the car, and everything was in order, and then they started out. When they arrived at the orchard, they soon saw that they were not the only workers. The doctor was there, and the cook, and two men carrying ladders and baskets. Good morning, Henry. Can you work today? asked Mrs. Moore. Oh, yes, said Henry. These are my sisters, Jessie and Violet. They can pick cherries, too. Benny is too young to climb trees, but we had to bring him. Maybe he can carry baskets, said Dr. Moore, smiling at Benny. You see, this is a big cherry year, and we have to work fast once we begin. Maybe he can help fill the little baskets from the big ones. Eat all you want, said Mrs. Moore. The cherries are beautiful this year. The children didn't eat all they wanted, but every now and then a big red cherry went into somebody's mouth. Henry and the girls went up the ladders and began to pick cherries. Watch barked for a while. He did not like to have Jessie climbing the ladder. Then he sat down and looked up at her in the tree. Benny hurried here and there, carrying baskets to the pickers and eating all the cherries he wanted. Everybody in the orchard liked Benny. The doctor laughed delightedly at him, and sweet Mrs. Moore fell in love with him at once. By and by, he sat down beside her and carefully filled small baskets with cherries from the big baskets. The men laughed at the funny things, Benny said, and Watch barked happily. By and by, the doctor left the orchard to make some calls. At last, Mrs. Moore said, I never had such happy cherry pickers before. You're having such a good time out here, I don't want to go in the house. She smiled. Mary the cook seemed to think the same thing, for she came again and again into the orchard. After a while, the cook went in to get dinner, but the children still picked cherries. At noon, Dr. Moore came home. You must stay to dinner, he said to the children. We can eat here in the orchard under the trees. Will your mother be watching for you? When he asked this, he looked at Henry in a queer way. Henry did not know what to say, but at last Jessie said, No, our mother and father are dead. Then you must stay, said Mrs. Moore. Here comes Mary. The cook put a table under the trees, and they all sat around it and ate a delicious dinner. Then Mary went into the house and came out again with big bowls of cherry dumplings. I smell something good, cried Benny. Is it cherries? Yes, my little dear, cherry dumplings. The cherries are cooked in the dumplings, said Mary. Benny ate his cherry dumpling and then went to sleep with the dog for a pillow. But Henry and Jessie and Violet began to work again. 
Mrs. Moore looked out the window at them. Just see how those children work, she said to Dr. Moore. And they're so polite, too. I wonder who they are. Dr. Moore didn't say anything. After a while, he went out to the orchard, though. You have worked long enough, he said. He gave them four dollars and all the cherries they could carry. That's too much, said Henry. No, it's just right. You see, you are better than most workers, because you are so happy. Come again. I'll come every day, said Benny. They all laughed. Dr. Moore saw that the children did not all leave the orchard at the same time, but started down the street two by two. I wish I knew who they were, he said to himself. When the cherry pickers got back to their little home, they looked everything over carefully. But things were just as they had left them. The door was still closed, and the milk and butter were in the refrigerator. The children made a happy supper of bread and butter and cherries, and then went to bed in the boxcar. That same night, Dr. Moore sat reading the paper. All at once, he saw the word lost and began to read. Lost. Four children, two boys and two girls, somewhere around Greenfield or Silver City. $5,000 to anybody who can find them. James Henry Alden. Dr. Moore sat up. $5,000? James Henry Alden? Oh my, oh my. He sat still for a long time, thinking and laughing to himself. Those four children are living in a boxcar. But I shall not yet tell Mr. Alden that they are his grandchildren.